Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are many ways of getting our show. You can download directly from our website. It's techcentral.ie. Of course, you can use a smartphone podcast app. There's millions of them. Uh, iTunes there, top of the pile. Or you can turn us on every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. A little later on the show, we're going to be chatting to Mark Sage about augmented and virtual reality. But first, joining me as ever is Niall Kitson, editor in chief of Tech Central and I suppose the big news that the pair of us are excited about is that something that Sky have made available in the UK for many years now is going to be available in Ireland. Yeah, well, we like talking about on-demand services because they, they usually scratch a particular itch that we, that we have. Um, uh, in particular, I'm a, I'm a Serview guy, uh, which means that I don't have access to you know, all the Sky Atlantic stuff. I have to wait for things to come out on box set um, because I like supporting content creators uh, as opposed to just downloading them like a, like a lot of people do. Well, I like but to support content creators, but I'm a Serview guy as well. And I'm also a Freeview guy as well. Oh, okay. I'm whole house wired. I'm very happy with myself for a, a, I put a satellite dish and a, and a TV aerial on the, on the roof and had it wired into three or four rooms in the house. Free TV. And of course, I still pay for Virgin Media because I get the internet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so bona fides to, to one side. Um, Sky have basically have two services. They, they have their regular subscription service, um, which we're all very familiar now. But off to one side, they have Now TV, which is sort of, on demand, accessible through, you know, boxes, apps, the browser, um, they are launching in Ireland. And their, their whole thing is it's, they're pretty much the pay as you go version of Sky, right? So, you know, you get Sky and you get a whole gamut of things. Uh, with Now TV, you get, you get to focus on certain things. If you only want the entertainment stuff, you can get an entertainment package. If you only want the movie stuff, you can just get the movie stuff. Uh, and if you want sports stuff, you can just get sports stuff. And that's great because I think a lot of people, they, they buy into Sky, uh, going, do you know what? I only want it for the Premiership football or I only want it for, for, um, sort of the Champions Cup rugby um you know they, they have specific things that they want mm. um uh, and they they don't necessarily want all the the sky one the lifestyle and, and all that other stuff that comes with it so on the surface it seems like a, a really good deal you just get the bits that you want i mean personally if i had access to hbo go we'll say for 15 euro a month i'd probably be on top of that because i'd watch enough hbo um that it would actually pay for itself mm. Uh, now, of course, uh, with the entertainment pass on, on it, Sky will um, have, you know, Sky One, Fox, Gold, Sky Living, Comedy Central, Discovery, Sky Arts, MTV, National Geographic. You know, there's channels like that that, that sit in uh, quite well. I'm just scanning through and I don't actually see. Oh, yeah, it's got Sky Atlantic in there, which is which is basically HBO. It's sort of the, the stuff that they they take from HBO. So for 15 euro a month, that's that's not a bad package um, for the cinema stuff. They, they claim a catalogue of over a thousand uh, movies on demand. Uh, um, which is which is impressive. Now again, I would have to go through the catalogue and see if you know uh, what the recency is of them is on them. Are they actually any good, or is it sort of the Netflix effect where they hoover up stuff and a lot of it actually isn't isn't worth your time? Um, the sports stuff, um, you know, it doesn't need a whole lot of uh, explanation. Um, although the monthly pass on it is fifty euro, which is a bit pricey. Well, it is sports. <laughs> 
Uh, it is sports and it is quite niche and Sky ploughs so much money into it. It's ridiculous. So um, unlike Netflix, where the base requirement is uh, 500 kilobits per second, um, the base requirement on Now TV is 2.5 megs. But hey, you know, that's that's still nothing by today's standards. Although I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of angry emails from people based I was about to say, it depends where Dublin. in the country you are, you great big jackeen. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, hands up, I, I, I accept that. Um, so, however... I went and, uh, as always uh, in the case in Ireland, whenever you put Ireland beside the UK market and you compare prices, you realise we are being fleeced. So I did I did some um, pretty basic stuff on here. So uh, at the moment, um, I did the price comparison and for the cinema pass, which is €15 Euro, uh, in Ireland, it is €11 Euro in England. Uh, okay. So it's a little bit you know, more. Yeah, they rounded it the, up. There's a pre- rounding it up. I mean, there's a premium involved on that, you know. So uh, and, you know, it's it's significantly less on the entertainment pass, which is six ninety nine uh, in pounds and uh, 15 in uh, in euros. So, no way. Oh, that is really taking the mick. Now that's that's. Let me just double check this here. Uh, if you're on ent- entertainment pass, is six ninety nine a month. Yeah, that's yep. according to techradar.com. dot com. So look, um, well, if listen, you want the convenience, the big, the big thing uh, about uh, uh, Sky Now really is is that uh, their pitch is that you can watch it on all your devices. I hate it when they say that because it means you can watch on your phones, you can watch on your tablets, you can watch on your laptop, you can watch on every darn thing in the house except your television. <laughs> And, uh, and you're buying yeah. a TV. Will this thing work with uh, some of the apps that come with smart TVs? Will it work with, uh, say, Apple TV or will it work with Chromecast? You know, yeah. Short answer is yes. There's ah, a couple excellent. of ways that you can get it. They have their own box. Uh, but if you don't want a box sitting under your TV, you can watch through a browser. I have a, I have a PC connected to my television for, for just such, um, just such things. Um, but if you have a Chromecast, it'll work through that. Uh, if you have an Apple TV, it'll work through that. So pretty much all the common vectors for getting, um, uh, content onto your TV. Also, if you've got a smart TV, it'll work with that as well. Okay. So, super, super important question for you. When is it going to be available in Ireland? Uh, from the 26th of April. So yeah, it's, it's out now. Ta-da! What an excellent lead story. The other story that's uh, kind of catching our attention these days is students are being turned off by STEM subjects. Uh, remind us what STEM stands for. Oh, come on, Dusty. Don't, don't laugh when you say it. I mean, this is quite serious. I mean, STEM is science, technology, engineering, maths. It, it underpins what we do in Tech Central. Mm-hmm. It, it underpins what we talk about on the show. Um, and it's kind of interesting in that we had very different experiences of the education system growing up. There, there was a sea change because when I was doing my Leaving Cert, uh, free third level education was just coming in and it was, uh, it was all new and exciting. And for the first time, you know, families could start going to college. Um, in your, in your time, um, you had, uh, an idea of what you wanted to do in life very early on. And, you know, your, your leaving cert was kind of irrelevant. Mm. You know, uh, I think it's probably fair to say that. I, I hope I'm not putting words in your they, mouth. They don't do college university courses for, uh, international superstar DJs, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you, 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 you left the education system at an earlier stage than I did because it, it, education just stopped being relevant. Now, mm. now it's at the stage um, where science and technology are so pervasive, it's so important to get a handle on it. When I was, when I was doing my Leaving Cert, you had to do a science subject to get in to do um, the course that I wanted to. So you needed uh, English, Irish, a language, a science mm. 
and if you did pass maths you were okay uh i did i did honors um but if you if you did pass maths you you were okay to get in and always there was this stigma about honors maths um and i i'm there there still is to a large extent when when i was doing it there were bonus points uh, for doing honors maths and they dropped bonus points for a while and then they brought bonus points back in and it, it certainly seems to have helped with the numbers because maths is sort of the the underpinning of of the sciences really if you, if you can get a handle on maths you can get a handle on science um but again i remember when i was going to uh, going to secondary school if you were good at honors maths you had a good into physics because it was largely the same skill set. So you you could basically get two decent marks for the for the price of one, uh, effectively. But uh, the numbers on um, people, uh, young people taking up um, STEM courses uh, at second level, never never mind third level, they're, they're kind of scary. It's only 40%, sorry, uh, in a survey, 40% of respondents, these, these are um, students, said they didn't take science for their leaving search or consider it for third level as they found the subjects too difficult. So that's physics, biology, chemistry. To be honest, um, I would agree um, that these subjects either are perceived or are actually too difficult. I mean, wh- maybe this comes down to the quality of teaching. I don't know, but chemistry was just gibberish. Um, physics. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. The, the students are kind of shunning those because it's too difficult or it's too boring or it's not sexy and exciting. Well, this is the thing. I mean, as I said, physics was good if you were good at maths. Um, chemistry, very difficult. There was always a very small chemistry uh, class when I was going to um, when I was going to school. Um, again, because people found it very difficult. Uh, whereas biology was seen as the soft option, but there was a lot of it. It was it, there was a lot of rote learning, and even though there were labs um, that we very rarely did actual lab experiments we just we just sort of wrote out the notes and go yeah if you if you that's the experiment guys so just let's move on um so sure. it is interesting though i mean and but it doesn't surprise me that students are being turned off because we do a lot of coverage for people who do actually make science subjects interesting and make it fun and creative and uh, we always support those kind of things whereas schools are a bit bleh, 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 bleh. it's a bit of a job like for a lot of teachers uh, anyway listen you can read more about that and why students are being turned off uh, stem subjects on our website at techcentral.ie but for now with the news now gets thank you very much <laughs> This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. We've gotten to the stage where augmented and virtual reality are making a real impact on gaming. And as we heard earlier this year in therapy. But how about the way we work? The Augmented Reality for Enterprise Alliance area is an organisation that brings together more than 60 different companies looking at different ways to apply AR in and outside of the office. Very, very interesting area. So Niall met with Area's Executive Director, Mark Sage, to explore this and more. Mark, thanks for joining us on the show. And I guess just to jump into where we are with augmented reality at the moment, it's it's almost an unfortunate technology, the way, the way that we talk about it now, because... Our first experience of AR in its current iteration really goes back to a a failed device, really, in Google Glass. So is that is that a fair thing to say? You know, was Google Glass a necessary failure or, you know, are we starting again from first principles with a new perspective? Uh, Well, hi, hi, Noel. I think the first thing to say is actually AR has been around for way before Google Glasses, and there's some examples of the very early AR almost 20 years ago. 
So, you know, it has a long history. It's taken a long time. I think you're right. The Google Glass is a, is a really good example. Um, was it a failure? Well, I suggest probably it was just another learning point in the journey. Um, you know, some, some people really liked the device. There were some issues and some concerns around security. But actually, I think Google may have missed a, a small trick and, and not tried to focus um, many use cases on the enterprise um, and just kind of really focusing on the um, the consumer market. Um, you know, I think we've learned a lot from that. There's been other iterations. There's been other kind of little examples in the journey of AR. Even things like Pokemon Go recently has raised the awareness of what AR is. But certainly from my experience in working with the members of the area, you know, it's something that's really beginning to take hold of enterprises and they're looking at ways of creating, you know, improving performance and creating efficiencies within their organizations. And I, I personally was very surprised when I saw that uh, Google Glass was being repurposed for enterprise because uh, the play behind it had been so consumer centric that it was, you know, here's the camera, you can record everything. And of course, that threw up major data protection and um, privacy concerns for people. So to see kind of a similar uh, technology reappropriated and finding its space um, really in heavy industry, uh, I, I think was a really important and interesting development. And I, as you say, that it, it was a necessary step that we it brought so many more people um, into into that journey uh, with augmented reality. So when we look at the use cases that are happening at the moment, um, well, of course, we're not looking at, you know, how AR is necessarily going to change um somebody working in credit control, for example, you're not going to come in and put on your HoloLens and start working your accounts. Um, we are seeing, though, in the enterprise space, uh, a lot of um, uses in manufacturing. So can you tell us a little bit about how the applications are working there? Yes, yeah, certainly. If I, if I do it at kind of quite a high and generic level, you know, what the, the organization manufacturing company is looking to do is improve performance. So some example of the high-level use cases is, making sure that the that the worker has the most relevant um up to date and contextual information that they need um you know rather than having to go back to find a drawing or back to the computer find some information um on whatever they need it's there you know it's there in their um field of vision or with um on a um, augmented on top of the work that they're doing. So, you know, relevant and contextual data is a great use case. Um, we also talk a lot about resource management and, and really what we, we're after is keeping the experts at the disposable of the entire workforce. So, you know, remote assistance is another great use case. Someone can um, call or interact with, with somebody else um, and they can augment what problem they've got um, and work with that person to be able to solve it. And that saves people, you know, even flying around the world to, to solve problems. Yeah, Another, really, uh, sorry, just to sorry. put in there, it is that diffusion of expertise, really, that that, mm. that is such a huge selling point. I mean, if a company goes, why would I bother forking out, you know, $3,000 a pop on a, a HoloLens when you can say, well, look, you're going to save ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on consultancy fees because you won't have to fly people in to explain what's going on. 
absolutely correct. And and one of the things that the area has been focusing on is helping to develop that return on investment analysis. So people understand, you know, A, they understand what the technology is, but what that, you know, the value is and what that return on that initial investment and um, and resource management um, and remote assistance is a, it's a it's a great play because that does save can save a considerable amount of money uh, and when we look at sort of um, applications kind of uh, I, I don't want to say beyond the factory floor because what's interesting about AR to me is how the experience is varying quite differently across across devices um, I mentioned HoloLens there briefly and HoloLens has some interesting uses actually within offices in, in design Design. So take us through how HoloLens is helping um, sort of design projects or architecture. Well, there's many kind of examples. Um, some of the simple um, ones is is literally just helping um, create um, additional information that the the user would not have at the time. So as I said earlier, being able to take the kind of drawings, the models, all of that information and, and putting it into a simple and usable format. Um, we've seen all sorts of examples with the HoloLens and other devices as well. You know, some of the ones I really like is you go into a, um, let's say a submarine or a ship and you're able to see all of the wiring um, augmented on top of the, um, the actual physical walls and things like that. So it allows people to understand where all of that um, content or all the, the pipes are kept through to actually helping somebody build, um, let's say, a component within, um, again, let's say a submarine that they only make twice a year. You know, there's only two made every year. So to have that kind of information, it really helps upskill your um your staff um and help them do pieces of work that you know they do so infrequently it's difficult to to get any kind of muscle memory or remember how to do it so mm. some great efficiencies you know basically reducing time and minimizing errors you know it, it's got to be great for any enterprise or manufacturing company Mm, I, I, one of the kind of at the other end almost because you, you do want to keep your HoloLens kind of in office or, or relatively well protected because they're they're not as rugged as they might be just yet. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, you have the Daiquiri Smart Helmet, which is a much more um, it's, it's a much tougher customer, if you will. And it's got a little bit more under the hood in terms of sensors that it, it it's very much um, an outdoorsy kind of device uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm not quite selling it here but uh, you I think you will see it more on the production lines more on the building sites and that, that kind of shows the versatility of the technology that I, I think perhaps hasn't reached mass acceptance yet but uh, do you see that sort of crossover happening like are you seeing large manufacturing companies going do you know what we need a few of these on site we, we are, we're almost at the stage where you know uh, anyone above a certain level needs to have one of these or access to one of these well it's it's still early days to be perfectly honest what we're seeing is a whole range of different devices being used so you know if you take one end of the spectrum something as simple as a mobile device or a tablet doing um you know being able to to use ar 
through to projection. So someone working in their workbench, creating a, a component of some sort can have information augmented down from the ceiling or from the side. So when they're looking at it, they can see what they're, they're working on or what they should be doing through to the wearables. Um, you know, and again, you've talked about a couple of examples. There are many other wearable device manufacturers out there and, and there's, you know, different types, um, you know, just recently, a company called Realware have come along with a kind of Android-based tablet on your head is their kind of expression. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's again, there's it all depends in, in my in my view about the business problem you're trying to solve and making sure that you use the right technology and the right kind of solutions. Um, but you're right, you know, using the Decker example, you know, the, the opportunities for that in kind of dangerous and um, dirty and heavy manufacturing in kind of places I wouldn't want to be, um, you know, it's, it's another great use case example. I think when a uh, particular technology starts finding its feet or finding its own identity, it's very easy to get carried away on the hype train. And I, I think I'm as guilty of that as anyone. And uh, for me, this is where organizations like Area kind of really find their value is in um, not so much stopping the hype train, but coming up with sort of common values or, or common standards. So this is one of the areas that um, uh, AR for Enterprise Alliance is working on. So tell me a little bit about the challenges that uh, that you're facing at the moment because not everybody wants to spend money on a high-end device but you still want to be developing devices that work to to a certain standard yeah and i think we're trying to play an important role in that hype cycle you know there's there's lots of misinformation um lots of people hyping up the industry so we are trying to be a neutral and factual source of information um so we do work hard on that um some examples of that uh, we we have a um requirements committee and we've just launched the first set of global functional requirements both for hardware and software um for enterprises you know and base that using three large companies caterpillar procter and gamble and lockheed martin who actually created these requirements? You know, they're, they're a benchmark, but they're they're something that's uh, based on the the needs of an enterprise, um, and will allow us to kind of work with the providers of AR technologies to move towards these requirements. So, you know, it's very much trying to put a, a stake in the ground, but working um, with the whole ecosystem. Um, we're also trying. We're also doing some work um, within our research committee looking at some of the key areas that that um, are problematic in the industry. So the research we're doing at the moment is around security in wearables. And we're working with a set of um, kind of world-renowned security experts to, to really dig into this space um, in a lot more detail. Ultimately, we will have a, a set of um, guidelines and information that enterprises can use when bringing wearables into their organization ai wearables into the organization you know and focusing on that um, security aspect so it's really trying to be that central place where you can come and get a non-biased um actual set of information and we're working with um, a number of different segments we're working with a number of enterprises like boeing lockheed martin bosch newport news group 
Huawei, who are all kind of leading um, leading the space from an enterprise perspective, and then lots of AR providers, you know, Decory and members, um, Realware. There's lots of other software providers from from a global perspective. And the other bit that the area that we do within the area is is bring some of the uh, let's say non-commercial organisations, so kind of universities, government agencies, some of the ones that are in the leading edge um, and thought leaders within the space to make sure we can add that you know well, this is what the future looks like. This is what the latest set of technologies and thinking um, is about. So you know it's really trying to create this comprehensive. Um, enterprise ar ecosystem i think the other great thing about the era is we just focus on that space we're not looking at ar and vr and consumer and b2b you know it very much is in that enterprise ar space because we believe that's that's where there's going to be some real efficiencies and benefits that can be made mark sage thank you very much for joining us today thank you very much now and that was Niall Kitson talking with Area Executive Director Mark Sage. And if you want to hear more from Mark, he will be one of the keynote speakers at this year's AR VR Innovate at the RDS on the 11th of May. For more on that, you can visit innovatereality.com. Now, Niall is uh, still with us. Just before we go, Niall, do we have one more thing, one story online on the website we couldn't squeeze into the show? Yeah, well, apparently Apple are also getting into the AR game and they've tapped up some seriously impressive talent to do it. Ah, and you will be amazed at where they rob that talent from as well. The full story on the website, along with all the Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from techcentral.ie, as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.